Hi, and welcome to the Pet Healer Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Missy Vargas, and today we're going to talk about pet obesity. And we've talked about it before, but what reminded me about the topic is that October 13th, somebody, I have no idea who the powers might be that determine what days celebrated, you know, what topic we celebrate every day. But for some reason, they elected October 13th, uh, National Awareness of Pet Obesity Obesity Day. So in order to celebrate October 13th, let's just go ahead and talk about obesity. And um, the weight loss uh, is really tough for anybody. Talk to me about it. I've been on a perennial diet, uh, or not diet, trying to find the right lifestyle for myself. Uh, but losing weight and getting shape is just not about confidence. In us, it is. In women, it is. And, you know, humans, it is. But for them, it has a lot more meaning. It can literally add years to their life. And I mentioned this before, but there was a big study. It's a landmark study from Purina. And they did, uh, um, they followed these dogs throughout the whole life. They were Labrador retrievers. And the control group was allowed to eat whatever they want and be whatever weight. And the, um, the testing group was restricted in calories and kept at a five out of nine, which is considered ideal body conditioning. And guess what happens? The ideal uh, conditioning guys, they live two extra years, two extra years, guys, two extra years. But not only that, to me, even more important, the signs of osteoarthritis started to showing up to show up in the um, control group around eight years of age and in the um, the testing group was around 11. So that's three years earlier. If you are obese, you will start getting um, osteoarthritis three years early. Now remember, in a dog, the years are a little bit skewed, right? Human years to dog years could be as much as seven years per one human year. So that, let's say in a large breed dog, three years is a, a good 21 years. So if somebody told you that if you keep yourself in ideal weight, you can have your last 21 years of your life in good shape uh, versus suffering from arthritis, that's pretty darn good. So I think it's a convincing argument to... Forget how cute they look with the roly-polies and the fluffy. Uh, and, and like some people tell me, you know, fat is just big bone and the big boneness. Uh, let's just forget about how cute they look and think about if you love your pet, then you want to have every, squeeze every single day out of their uh, lifespan, right? So let's pay attention to obesity. And uh, even a five-pound loss on a dog could mean uh, mobility is increased 20%. So it's, it's really unfortunate when I see an ACL injury and a heavy dog. The first thing I talk to the owner is we need to restrict the calories, and I get some pushback. And I, it's very sad because um, I know I could do acupuncture, and I could do herbs, and I could do... Um, conventional, you know, Eastern pharmaceuticals and help this pet control the pain, but how much faster and less recurrent uh, events it would happen if they would be in uh, better shape. So it's very important 
um, that they are fitter, you know, they, they do live longer and they live, live better. So not just longer, but better. So how can we uh, determine if your dog is overweight or not? Easy, ask your vet. <laughs> or easier yet, take a, a hand, your hand, and feel, try to feel the ribs on your dog. If you cannot palpate the individual ribs, uh, you cannot see them, shouldn't be able to see them. But if you don't see them and then you palpate, you try to feel it and you can't even feel the individual ribs, your dog is chubby, is overweight. Um, if you feel like a nice pad or a little pad of fat on top of it, yes, uh, could probably lose some weight, but not that that much as long as you at least feel the top of the ribs. Um, definitely that's an easy test kind of to see it. However, uh, I had a case, uh, her name is Molly, and uh, she's a Labrador, 11-year-old, you know, which, again, for a Labrador is an advantage age. And she comes for acupuncture, and she, one time, from one month, she's on monthly maintenance, from one month to the next, um, she came and she gained a lot of weight. And then, uh, you know, I'm just looking at the chart. But when I looked at her, I was like, oh, my God, what happened? So she was bloated. She looked bloated and uh, immediately palpated, and it was an enlarged spleen. So she had gained weight, and she the, the owner was mortified because she was cutting, trying to cut the calories for the weight, and it was mortified because it kept gaining weight, but it wasn't even like real weight. It was organomegaly. It was an enlarged organ. And so definitely before um, going into any kind of uh, weight loss program, you need to find out if your dog has type 2 diabetes. Is it heart disease? Is it osteoarthritis? Is it any kind of uh, high blood pressure, for example? Or what about any enlargement of the organs? Could it be cancer? You know, all of these things have to be kind of ruled out by your vet before they start the um, weight loss program. And, uh, if you were to to cut the calories, you're definitely going to lose some weight. But the animal's going to be, the your dog and your cat is going to be desperate for food because they're used to a certain volume in the stomach. So when you cut them abruptly, especially, uh, the, the volume of it, they go crazy. They start going to the trash can. They start, if you have a cat, they'll eat the cat food, the cat poop, whatever it comes. You go outside, they'll be eating grass, eating bunny poop, whatever they can get their uh, mouth into because they're hungry. So you have to look at that too. So how can we um, not disturb that volume, you know, uh, still cut the calories? You can substitute the volume for, let's like, say, green beans because green beans are basically water and fiber. So you can actually substitute some of the dry food that you're feeding or the canned food that you're feeding with that. You can also switch the diets. There's so many diets out there that promote weight loss. And and the funny thing is there are two camps. There's some diets that are super low fat, they're high in fiber, moderate protein. Uh, and then there's some of them that are super high protein and they might have fat, but protein and fat, sort of like keto diet. They don't have a lot of carbs. So which one is best is a good question. Depends on the stage of life of your pet. I mean, I'm not going to put a, a dog that is 12 or 13 uh, and has already problems with the liver or the kidney into a keto uh, diet because it would end up killing them. So we have to, we have to, you know, just 
have an understanding of what the underlying state of health is on that pet and then customize a plan for them. Uh, some people asked me in the Pet Healer uh, podcast um, email if uh, raw diet would be good for uh, weight loss. It depends. That's the I know it's a cop-out, but it's a great TCVM uh, precept. It depends because you cannot have an answer for everything. If your dog is healthy and active and uh, you feed him a raw diet, probably would be uh, kept more lean because it doesn't have the carbs and doesn't have a lot of fat and it's just a higher protein diet. That probably worked for a lot of young guys. But again, if it's an older dog, uh, maybe not. If he has kidney disease, uh, maybe not. So uh, it depends. Uh, the old dogs have to warm up that food. You're asking the spleen on those dogs to do a lot of work for that raw diet. So you have to be careful with that. Now you have uh, certain ideals of what the dog is, the ideal weight. So for a um, for, uh, um, 10-pound dog, for example, the ideal weight is like 210 calories. Um and then for a 20-pound uh, dog, is not going to be 420. You're not going to double every 10. You know what I mean? It's different. So it, it, it's not as easy as saying, oh, you know, for every 10 pounds, feed 200 calories. No. Uh, a 20-pound dog can be fed like 340 calories. And that would be to maintain their resting um, energy requirements per day. What happens is a 20 pound uh, dog, like a terrier that is so hyper, that's always running, that dog may not be doing good at 340 calories, kilocalories, because that might not be enough because of the uh, demand of energy. Whereas if it's a couch potato dog and is always in the couch, then maybe 340 is just maybe even a little bit too much. Maybe 320 might be better. And for those of you that don't think that 10 or 20 calories uh, are that much of a difference, it, it, it does add up, especially because we do treats. We're not counting treats that we give them. And most treats that are commercial, they have about 50 calories. So you have to look at the low-calorie treats that are usually 10, 8. I've seen some that are like natural apples and things like that. They're about 8 calories. I mean, you have to really look at the calories of each treat. So, I mean, yes, it takes work, uh, and your um, veterinarian can tell you more or less what's the goal, the caloric um, requirements of your pet. Because resting is one thing, and most of those resting energy requirements, you can find them online. Uh, it's, the, it's when we're adding, let's add 10% or 20% of that, if depending on if it's a herding dog or if it's a working dog. Is it a uh, couch potato dog? So it has to be, um, you know, kind of like uh, a, a correlation. And also the other things that I would really um, say is that there's a lot of veterinary-specific diets by Royal Canine and Purina Pro Plan, and they have put a lot of, and heels, and they put a lot of, um, research and they have the research to prove that their uh, thing works. So, I mean, sometimes like the metabolic diet in Hills, uh, that's pretty good diet and increase the metabolism. It's been proven scientifically to do so. 
And so those are things that you can reach out and use. And I know a lot of my natural integrity followers don't like the commercial diets, but that might be uh, something to consider if you have the problem because I feel obesity is not treated as a medical condition, and it is. Um, so how quick do you introduce the diet? You have to always be careful. Cold turkey, not a good idea. You have to slowly add. But the main thing is exercise too. You have to to uh, change the lifestyle. They have to move out there. They have to play. And um, how much to play? You know, I think at least 10 to 15 minutes twice daily for dogs. Uh, and this is not the walk to peer poo. This is throw the ball, throw the, um, the stick, uh, you know, chase around, uh, you know, do, do some sort of active, consistent um, exercise, you know, where there's a high, higher um, uh, energy being burned, you know, and that the heart rate is elevated, you know. So we need some aerobic exercise. So that's one of the things that we can do um, to get them to move around. Um, how about the self-feeding uh, issue? There's another question that I got from one of our clients. Um, how about these automatic feeders? There's some feeders that are kind of cool. They just give the food a certain time of the day. That could be used, of course, depending on your pet. Um, but they're just like candy machines. You know, a fat dog is going to be there laying all day waiting for that ringer to come up and they can eat some of the food. Um, I, I've seen some balls where you, and I have one for my cats, where you put the food and then they have to bat the ball to get the kibble. That's a good idea. But remember that those kibbles are not extra to what they eat. You have to cut it from the main bowl and put it in there. <laughs> so I have a lot of people that they missed the uh, memo. They uh Kept feeding what they were feeding and then added to the bowl, the the toy the toys that dispense food and there's just there's no improvement. Of course there isn't. You're actually adding more calories. So, you know I have to, um, you have to kind of like uh, think about those things. You know cats are really grazers, so they are a little bit harder to take care of. But you can actually measure the food and give half of it in the morning and half at night, and they can eat at their leisure, but it's measured, so you know what they ate. Of course, in a multi-pet household, that's a little bit more difficult. Um, but uh, sometimes, you know, the pets that are very uh, finicky, they're very fat, and you're like, but how come if it doesn't want to eat the food, and how come it's really fat? Oh, it's so finicky, so I put gravy on top of the food, or it's so finicky, I cook chicken, I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> you know, the dog's playing you. So that's that's all. So you got to get some strategies to when the dog's trying to play you, okay? And ask your vet and uh, ask your trainer. Ask Marco, our trainer. He will gladly email you about it. Um, but definitely make sure that the food is palatable. And if they don't like that food, then it's okay to change. Don't go cold turkey, but change the food to maybe higher fiber or maybe maybe the um, strategy you've been using, the low-fat, high-fiber, is not as good as the high-protein and low-carb. So whichever strategy you choose, you know, again, involve your veterinarian, but I wish you a lot of luck because it is hard for us and for them to lose weight, but it is imperative. 
So this October 13th, hug your chubby dog <laughs> and tell them, not anymore. We're going to be more serious about it. Uh, so please uh, share this podcast with your friends. Uh, subscribe, push the notification button, and I'll see you next time. And remember that from now on, we're going to be uh, downloading every Friday a brand new episodes. So you can be on the lookout for them. Uh, in the meantime, visit our Facebook page, the Pet Healer Podcast page. Uh, we also have a website, thepethealerpodcast.com. And uh, it, we are in most platforms, so you can uh, enjoy our topics. Thank you, and until next time, take care. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. And uh, information about this episode came from my book, Alt-Vet, the Revolutionary Pet Care and Longevity Solution, available in Amazon at our clinic and soon to be an audiobook. So look forward to that. And this episode was sponsored by my practice, Orchid Springs Animal Hospital. And our website is www.osahvsinvictorets.com. Osavets.com. There's a lot of information out there if you want some more information on integrative pet healing. And our Pet Healer podcast is going to be available in all platforms. So we're looking forward to seeing you again.